This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is April 18th, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. How you doing? This is Jason Goldstein. I was part of WRHU from 2008 to 2012. Okay. And what shows or programs did you work on? The main shows that I was on was our Top 40 show, um, Off the Charts. So I started out as, um, I guess, one of the DJs on there, worked my way up to producing that show. Um, and then, yeah, basically that was uh, became part of the, the AB and then ended up being a producer for Off the Charts. Um, and then actually ended up doing some production for it as well. So I, I dove pretty deep into that show and my personal music tastes um, are dance music. So I, I kind of implemented some mix shows into that and took it a little bit of a dance route for the shifts that I had, um, whether it was like live DJ mixes that I did or pre-recorded some, but, um, you know, kind of kind of pop and dance. Okay. Did you work on any of the news or sports programs? Did you work on any of the community volunteer shows? Sure. Yeah, I was part of the Newsline program um, on quite a regular basis. Did a, a couple of different roles from anchoring, um, entertainment, which I found really fun getting to put together the different music and sound cuts. You know, I always really liked, uh, you know, doing that component. And, and sometimes the traffic and sometimes the weather. But yeah, I was, I was pretty active with Newsline as well. Okay. Um, other than producer, did you have any titles or positions of management? I was on the EB as our program director for music. Um, so I did that for, I don't know, maybe it was the two years or however they had it, but I did that for a little bit. Um, and that was really great being, uh, you know, super involved with the radio station on, you know, getting to go to those weekly meetings with, with, with Bruce Avery and John Mullen and, and the whole staff and, really kind of, you know, seeing how everything worked from the inside. It was really great to be part of that team. Okay. When you were on the air, did you use your own name? Did you have any nicknames or personas? I kept it pretty similar to my name, Jason Goldstein. I kind of went by Jay Goldstein for a little bit, um, used just the last name Goldstein for, for sometimes. I feel like most of the time at RHU, it was going by Jay Goldstein. And I actually, um, one of my favorite radio stations at the time was Pulse 87. And their uh, production or voiceover imaging person was this British voice. So I'd actually found out who that voice was and had some custom liners and drops made that, wow. that I always got a kick out of playing, you know, during my shifts on the, you know, at the station. Okay. Um, let's go back to the beginning, uh, two part question and answer it, whatever makes sense to you, but what first brought you to the radio station? And then if you could describe it for those of us who weren't there at the same time, what was it like? Uh, what did it look like? What did it smell like? Maybe people that you met when you first arrived at WRHU. Sure. My decision, um, to go to Hofstra was actually purely based on WRHU and the radio program. I was always really interested in radio and DJing and um, knew that that's something that I wanted to do even as a teenager. Um, I had started DJing shortly after my bar mitzvah. I'm still doing it today, bar mitzvahs, weddings, and you know, and events and things like that. Um, and even radio-wise, I was working I'm out in New Jersey, so this um, local AM oldies station, WMTR, I kind of was shadowing the doo-wop show there doing high school. So I always had my eye on radio and the program at Hofstra, you know, the, 
the, the the full program that they had, the facilities, the personnel. It was extremely attractive. So that was really one of the first things I did when I got on campus was, you know, go to the station, get that application uh, and apply for the training class. That was kind of one of the first things I did. And and I remember going in and spending, you know, some time speaking with Bruce Avery about the program and John Mullen. And I remember there were always people around the office and the station, um, extremely welcoming um, and, and helpful with the getting into the class and even getting all those uh, tests. You know, I think we had to pass with the 90 or better. So everyone was extremely helpful along the way and welcoming. And, and I really felt right at home. So you had some experience with DJing and with radio. When you first got to the radio station, did it exceed your expectations or did you know by reputation uh, what the facilities would be like at Hofstra Radio? Yeah, I mean, the facilities, I mean, I'd really seen like through the tours and I was super impressed with that. Um, But then things like um, that news hub they had added in, that was right in the time range. Uh, I think it's even evolved (laughs) again from the time that I was there. But that's where we really wrote a lot of the uh, Newsline show was in that news hub um, in Dempster Hall. And even just the equipment that we had at the radio station was better than commercial radio stations. So it was really great to get that hands-on experience and editing and and time behind the board. Um, I was extremely impressed with all the equipment that was available to us, even from being able to go out and report. uh, Like for Newsline, we had the Zoom recorders and we had... um, you know, addition and pro tools. So really anything that you would have wanted was available. Mm. Could you talk a little bit more about the news hub facility? What is that or where was that? So news hub, um, it was either launched right when I was there in 2008 or shortly after, but it was right around that time frame when they had unveiled it. Um, it's in Dempster hall, um, near, I think, what we call studio a the the not the main studio the, the the other side of the hall um and in dempster hall it's a big it's 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 you know it, basically it was a computer hub um but they had a a, a portion of it as edit bays or um mm. we had what do they call it um there was the program on there, or Burley, where we had written up the newscast. And I know they use that in, in professional commercial newsrooms. So being able to use that and the AP feeds and, um, you know, and really deep dive into the sound cuts and the scripts and everything of, of planning out the show each day was something that was really, uh, you know, helpful in getting that kind of experience to use the professional software and equipment. Okay. All right. Thanks for explaining that. I appreciate You're welcome. that. Um, so when you uh, do the interview and you enter the training class, again, you've got a little bit of experience. You have a little bit of an idea of what goes into doing radio. Um, what did you get out of the uh, training classes? Were there surprises? Were there things that you carried with you throughout your time at the station? Yeah. Um I think, you know, for me, I was never actually someone who enjoyed going to class per se or mm-hmm. school in general, but something like this, like, you know, where we didn't get credits for it, um, you know, but I was always extremely excited for that Wednesday evening to roll around and go to that, uh, re- you know, training course, which I think it was 
10 weeks, I believe, um, you know, eight or 10 weeks or something like that. But I was always really looking forward to it. I remember we got the the handbook or the station ma- uh, manual, basically. Um, and that was like our Bible. I remember, you know, reading that over every word I could. I was just really excited to, uh, you know, to be getting started with it. Um, I don't know about su- surprises, but it was definitely very insightful learning, um, you know, just as far as, I guess, equipment wise or what more procedural stuff on, you know, I, at the time they had that EB beeper, you know, what are you supposed to do if there's a transmitter problem or if the system freezes or how to take transmitter readings so thing, or how to do an EAS test. So, you know, all that stuff was brand new to me. Uh, and I eat that up, you know, it was extremely interested to learn all that, all those kind of things. Do you remember who taught the class or any of the people that you took the class with? Um, I remember, um, Jen Cephalou, who was on the EB when I was going in there, she was really helpful, uh, you know, in helping me and bringing me into the station. I remember she had like some note cards with terminology she had uh, given to me. So that would be, you know, helping me study for the test at the end. Um, you know, obviously John Mullen was there and Bruce Avery, um, at angles, not so much a part of that class, but definitely in the mentoring process and everything. Um, so yeah, like I said, I mean, I was extremely happy with it and I felt like we, you know, I really got a lot out of that and that was just really the classroom part. And then we had the in-studio time, which I think they, they called like tracking or shadowing mm-hmm. where we basically, you know, was, were in the, was in the studio shadowing, um, someone who was already part of the station and then eventually started to get some hands-on time. And once we had passed that written test and once we had I don't know, gotten all of our hours, then we could apply for a show and, you know, and do solo shifts. So it was really a, a great process. And by the end of it, you know, there you are on the air in, in New York um, by yourself. So, mm-hmm. You know, I could just remember it was a combination of being nervous, but also really excited because, I mean, that's that's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Do you remember the first time getting on the air? I, I can't remember the very first day, but, you know, I, I actually, I mean, I'm a pretty casual person, but I remember getting dressed up. Um, to go into the studio, even though it's not TV, I put on a nice, uh, I think I even wore like an orange shirt or a suit. And like, I, I, you know, I went in very professional, but you know, not, not radio like, but I kind of dressed up for the occasion. Cause we got our what, one or two hours a week basically to go on and do our thing. So I was, I went into it like really excited and, uh, you know, I have some pictures that I post up on like national radio day every once in a while, almost almost to laugh at and say, wow, you know, look, I got dressed up, you know, to do this radio shift. But that's kind of how I approached it, at least in the beginning. I guess uh, I guess you had high expectations. You might as well set the bar (laughs) high, right? That's true. That's true. Was there a moment where an aha moment where you're like, okay, I've got this? Or was it uh, gradual over time where you got the confidence and the knowledge and said, okay, I can do this. I feel comfortable. I feel good about this. I think I felt comfortable, um, maybe from just running like audio equipment from the DJing. Um, I felt pretty comfortable in the studio and behind the board, but as far as confidence, you know, behind the microphone and things like that, um, I guess just kind of was picked it up over time, um, with experience, 
Um, and also through like internships and things like that, just different mentors along the way. And it was great. Just the, the kind of mentoring that, that everyone had from Bruce and, uh, and John Mullen and, and Ed Engels. Um, you know, I was always making air checks of my shows, every single show I went on mm. and, and went to the logger and cut up my shows and saved every break and listened back. And, you know, I remember going again to John Mullen and said please rip this apart like you know I, I want to have some constructive criticism and i always wanted to you know know what what could i do to get better hmm. do you remember any good pieces of advice or feedback that john gave you from a session like that yeah i mean just things as, as far as just confidence being you know having more confidence and just you know going into your break um with direction knowing kind of you know how you what what the break was all about. How, you know, how are you going to open it? What's the point? How are you going to close it out? Um, just making tight breaks uh, and going into them confidently with direction and things like that. So, you know, you really went into things, um, you know, with the single thought or concise and it flowed over the music, things along those lines. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. You mentioned earlier that, that Ed Ingalls wasn't really part of the, the training class, but there was some mentorship. What do you remember about Ed? Sure. Yeah. He was always in with us on Newsline. I remember doing full read-throughs with Bruce in his office or in the main WRHU office. He was very involved with Newsline at the time I was there. And so was Ed. Ed usually had sat in during the shows and he took notes or, you know, whether he, I think he actually took physical notes, but basically then after the show, we went into this, one of the production rooms and he gave everyone uh, critiques, what went well, what we could do better, things along those lines. Um, it was funny. I, I think from being so nervous, I had actually, I was actually like saying some words backwards or jumbling things up. And, mm. and he kind of was giving me the, what did he say? Dyslexia. He's like, Oh, maybe you're dyslexic, but I, you know, that, that hasn't been an ongoing thing. I think I was just very nervous. So, you know, he kind of helped. Yeah, I guess over time and experience too, your nerves settle in, you get, you know, adjusted to the the studio and the flow of the show. But it was things like that. Um, also, like for entertainment, if you said, hey, your music bed was a little bit too loud or, you yeah. know, maybe you could have used some more sound cuts or, you know, just different things like that. And every time when we got that advice, the next show or the next week, you could improve on that. So it was like a gradual thing. And, you know, before you knew it, you were starting to sound pretty good. Uh, those are some great mentors to have, Bruce and, and John and Ed, certainly. And you mentioned Jen Cephalou before. Who were some other people who were around the station who were helpful uh, or gave you good advice or maybe that you listened to and thought, oh, wow, they're really good. I like that. Patty Kreiser was around the station, too, very involved with the Top 40 show. Me and her worked together for a bit on that. Um, it was Matt Napolitano was on the um, the EB with me. He was really great. Um, who else was there? I'm trying to think of some of the names. There were uh, this guy, Johnny, Johnny Miller. I remember, I think he was a little bit before me, but he was doing uh, production and imaging. And I was always really interested in that. So, you know, he was kind of showing me some of the stuff that he did. Uh, Anthony Barra was the station manager um, during my time in there as well. So he was really great with just leadership stuff. And uh, he was kind of the lead of, of our team at that point. Uh, me and, and, and Matt, uh, you know, it was, it was just really, it was almost like a family atmosphere. It was really great. I, you know, any friends that I had on campus or people I told about, I would say it's really the, 
fraternity and sorority, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is WRHG. We're always hanging out here, whether or not we're working on the show or, um, you know, or, or getting something together. It's just people gathered in the office in between classes and during free time. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question. And and I assumed it seemed like you're enthusiastic for radio and you're willing to jump in and try things. Uh, would it be fair to say that you got comfortable socially at the station pretty quickly? Absolutely. I mean, like like I was saying, it was it's just a great atmosphere. Everyone was very welcoming, uh, helpful if you had any kind of questions or I felt like 100% comfortable at the station. Um, everyone was there with the best intentions of helping out each other and, and really growing the station. And we knew Bruce's vision, you know, on, on making it the best, uh, you know, and, it, and I feel like everyone was really behind that vision and worked together as a team and making him proud and, you know, upholding the name of the radio station and, you know, putting out really quality content. You talked earlier about uh, doing off the charts. Were you able to get into that uh, right away? Did you uh, have a mentor with getting into that program? What was that like getting involved there? Sure. Yeah, that was kind of my, yeah, I got involved with that right away. I think it was pretty much the off the chart show and newsline. I did a little bit of morning show with Hofstra's morning wake up call, but not so much in that, but yeah, it was pretty much that off the charts, top 40 that I was really drawn to. Um, and then I think it was the second year, pretty pretty soon on, as soon as I could have, you know, become the producer on the uh the A B. Um and I like I, I kind of took the different components of what interests me from being on the air and hosting the show to working on all kinds of new production and imaging. Um, I, you know, I still have that. I, the whole imaging library that, that Hofstra had available, you know, I dove into that and made all kinds of new sweepers and promos. Um, going back actually to the, to a mentoring thing, something that John Mullen had, uh, you know, taught even in some of his classes, I, in cla- you know, other than the radio station, I had some classroom things with him, you know, and he, and he gave, you know, seminars and talks about, the production and the imaging and how to keep things fresh and moving and explaining the the music menus and playing samples and artist drops. And I remember reaching out to some local dance artists, uh, Kim Sazi and Lucas Prada, and they gave drops for the station and DJ drops for me. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I remember setting up phone calls. I tried to make it sound as, as real as, as possible, even having, you know, friends record things to make it sound like we had actual, you know, call-ins or requests and editing them up and playing them into songs. So I was really just trying to make it sound the flow uh, and the music as, um, you know, as I guess commercial or as, as mean, you know, as real as possible. So I had those kind of air checks, um, you know, to send out when I was looking for some of my first shifts. Okay. Um, it sounds like you were spending a pretty fair amount of time at the station. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. I, I was, I was there any time that I could be, um, even when it was weekends or I remember coming up in snowstorms to do the, you know, a news line. I, I spent pretty much all of my free time there at the radio station. Um, I actually, 
I mean, let's start from the DJing. I took one semester of, of saxophone as an elective. And I remember that I spent so much time between internships and at the radio station that, you know, I really didn't even touch the saxophone. Um, and, and the instructor said, hey, I really shouldn't even pass you, but I'm going to. And I guess that was just reflective of, hey, I kind of put my priorities in, uh, at the radio station during the time. So absolutely. That's where I spent um, quite a bit of time was at the radio station. That, that, is, a, that is a common story. You're, you're there between <laughs> classes, before classes, after classes, weekends. Mm-hmm. It sounded like you, and, and it sounded like that was, that was your goal from the beginning to get as immersed in the station as possible. And it sounds like you really followed through on that. A hundred percent. Just get in, in, extremely involved, learn as much as I can and get that kind of experience. Um, and like I said, just, just the coaching and the air check sessions, any advice that I could get, um, you know, I had an, an, I don't know if this is a, a later question, but I had ended up getting a, an internship. Um, I think my sophomore year at what was an, a new station at the time, 92.3 now. So it was a brand new station in New York playing top 40 music. They were you know trying to go head to head with Z100. Uh, but they did a lot of live mix shows. So it was right up my alley. I, and I got really, really involved with that radio station. I was there three or four days a week. I kind of stacked up my classes, I think Tuesday, Thursdays, and pretty much just tried to make as much time available as I could for radio. Um, and, and I remember actually one of the things that they liked is that, and, and why they accepted me into the internship program, even as a sophomore, when technically we weren't, uh, Hofstra wasn't, allowing internships that year. And I had, I guess, found a loophole. I went over and, and I think it was over to new college or something. Uh-huh. And basically I just got a general w- credit. So it didn't even count towards internships because I, you know, they, they required that I, I probably for liability, I think from, right. It was CBS radio at the time. So I got it. And that's really one of the main reasons why, why they accepted me into their internship program is they said, well, you were told, no, sorry, you can't take this internship. Just enjoy your winter break and you could sign up next year. And I said, no, I have an opportunity to work in a, in a, you know, New York city radio station. That's brand new, super exciting, exactly what I want. And, you know, whole point here of Hofstra, this whole thing is to, to help me eventually get to that point. So I kind of figured out how to make it happen. And then they, they let me stay around like a whole bunch of semesters and, and really get immersed in that radio station. So it's funny sometimes, you know, things like that of, of perseverance and um, saying, you know, no, this you really can't do something right now. But then finding out a way to do it um, ended up proving... Um, you know, really, really helpful because like I said, they had ended up accepting me in based on that fact, actually. Hmm. Uh, I'm curious because over the years, uh, many people have pursued internships and I'm, I'm curious, what was the process? How did you find out about opportunities? Was it through uh, John and, and Ed and Bruce or was it networking? How did you find out about uh, potential internships at that time? Yeah. I mean, I was really just I started even in high school or like as a teenager, just reaching out to the different, I went on all access. That was mm. like all access.com had an industry directory. And I just remember reaching out to, to program directors in New York of the different stations as, as you know, probably as like I said, as a teenager or early twenties and um, seeing how I could get involved or, Hey, here's my air check. I mean, at the time they were terrible, but you know, what, it's it's really started that 
line of communication. And I figured, let me start this process and working this early. So <laughs> my name is in front of them. And over the years, you know, I'll get advice and feedback and keep the line of communication open. Um, and, and that's something that I really did. As far as the 92.3 Now radio station, which was with CBS radio at the time, um, I think I just had reached out and, and I messaged everyone, not just the program directors, um, mm. the imaging directors, this talent. I figured, let me just reach out to everybody and somebody hopefully will, will uh, you know, he see my message and, uh, and invite me over. So it was actually the production guy at the time who had said, yeah, come on over, let's chat. And <laughs> it was kind of a free for all over there. And it was a cool environment at that radio station. And my interview basically... You know, I showed up in a suit and a tie mm -hmm. and was laughed at um, because that's not. And, and I remember the guy before we even went inside, he saw me outside on the sidewalk at the front of the building. His pants were hanging down. He was on a smoke break. He chatted with me for a few minutes. Hey, why, why do you like the station? Why do you want to get involved? We walked inside a few minutes later, he walked to the PD and he said, uh, here's Jason. He's going to be interning with us. <laughs> he didn't even ask me if I wanted to do it. That was really as simple as that. Nice. And and that was that. And then there I was. Um, and then the afternoon show guy, uh, you know, I met him and he pulled me in and put me on the air, having reading text messages as part doing part breaks. So, I mean, it was right away on the air in New York, part of the afternoon show. Um, I got to do that. Also worked in the production department, recording the on-air host and, you know, combination of that or doing just basic dubbing in of commercials. But I was, you know, we, I got a ton of experience, um, through that internship and the guy who I had worked with, uh, Tic Tac in the afternoon there and DJ Toro, their approach was, was really kind of throw you in the water and see if you can swim. And, I, you know, he, he had put the board in backup one day and the song he said, you better figure out how to switch it back before the song ends or we're going to have dead air. You know, it was that kind of a learning experience wow. or even learning the Vox Pro, uh, you know, editing. We went in the production room and he used to say, you know, figure it out, go, go in there and figure it out, learn it and mess around. And it, it was that kind of, but you know, I'm really grateful for it. It was like a tough love learning approach, but, um, for me anyway, it was really helpful. I learned a lot that way. Very cool. Thank you for, for sharing that, getting a look at a different generation, uh, <laughs> figuring these things out. That's, that's cool. You're um, so obviously Hofstra radio and your time there meant a lot to you and you had a lot of expectations going in. And usually I ask this, like, what were your expectations for Hofstra radio? Uh, but I'm going to ask it a little bit differently. So uh, you had high expectations for what you wanted Hofstra Radio to mean to you? Did it meet those expectations? Yeah, I mean, I would say it absolutely met it, and it and it exceeded it. Um, there was no way that that I, that I guess you don't know what you don't know. So right. I just said, hey, I like radio. I want to get involved with this. I think it's it's cool and it's fun, and um, you know, just you know, I never knew I was going to be part of you know producing a show or part of the administrative board or even executive board. I mean, I never uh, even had that on my radar. So just having the, that kind of experience, um, I won different awards through you know whether it was the Young Broadcasters or Rookie of the Year kind of thing, and going to we went to the Talker Seminar Mullen brought me to, and I had won uh, you know an award there for a college broadcaster. So. Just, just the kind of exposure and 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 training and uh, mentoring that we had. Um, I remember 
he brought Bruce or John had brought in, uh, you know, Tim Sheld from WCBS 880 mm-hmm. to, to talk to us about news and reporting. So there were just so many things that um, you would have never even thought of, you know. So as far as um, expectations, it definitely completely exceeded my expectations. Oh, that's great. Jason, this has been so much fun uh, to hear your stories. Thank you for taking the time to share them. Um, I'm working on another set of questions, and I hope you have some more stories to share. Thank you so much. I really appreciate speaking with you tonight.